Peter the third devotees is conducive for pure devotional service. For, for devotional practice, I should say. And service to the devotees is the root of the creeper of pure love of God, which is the topmost city, whatever the topmost perfection. Madhava Titi, the day of Madhava, namely Ekadashi, is the mother of devotion, which I carefully observe, Bhaktivinoda Thakur says. And Krishna's residence place, I call that a fit place for residence, and I choose that as my place, I choose that as a residence, I choose it with great respect. Uh, I wish to go to all the places that I wish to go, I wish to see in the association of loving devotees, I wish to see all the places that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu joyfully, that my Gora, that my Gora, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, joyfully traveled to. My mind always desires the opportunity to hear the sound of the Madanga. There's no mention of Jembe here. Jambe, Jembe, nowhere in the Gorya Vaishnav literature do we find such a monstrosity. Best use for them is to make a big bonfire, cook some chapatis, and offer the chapatis to Krishna. Gora Bihita Kirtana Shuni Anande Hridaya Nache. My heart dances in bliss on hearing the kind of kirtan that is approved or promulgated by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. When I see the deity of Radha and Krishna, I experience the supreme bliss. And by serving their prasadam, that means by honoring Krishna prasadam, uh, I conquer over, over material nature, all, all material contaminations. While performing such devotional practices in my house, uh, I see that my house is transformed into Golok Vrindavan. So all the grihastas can perform devotional service at home and experience that how by absorption in Krishna consciousness their home is transformed to Golok Vrindavan. Bhaktivinoda Thakur continues, the nectar from, from the lotus feet of the deity, that means Charanamrata, when Bhaktivinoda sees that, he sees that this is Ganga, Ganga water. And he says, there is no limit to my bliss. And seeing Tulasi soothes my whole being, my soul. Because I know that she gives satisfaction to Madhava. By honoring the Shak Prasad, that means Kala in Hindi, spinach Prasad. Uh, which is very dear to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, I consider my life fulfilled. It just says when I...
Bhakti Vinod Krishna Bhajani. On Bhakti Vinod says that whatever he finds conducive for performance of devotional service, that every day with great happiness he accepts them. He accepts all these practices. He allows all these practices. So these are all activities conducive for advancement in Krishna consciousness, associating with pure devotees, chanting the holy names, worshipping the deity, honoring prasadam, etc. No, you can Whether we should ask Krishna for material degrees or qualification so that he can utilize that qualification for Krishna's service, or we should serve Krishna from whatever he has given. Well, what about the Guru? It's just me and Krishna. What about your guru? Is it just me and Krishna? The question seems to think it's, it's just me and Krishna. I guess you are asking your guru. We can ask Krishna for whatever he thinks best for us to serve him. We can ask him uh, yeah, if we ask, give me this, give me that, then I can serve you better. That, that's like uh, saying that, well, yeah, I already know what to do and everything. You just have to facilitate that. Why pray specifically for a, I guess that means a university degree to preach. University degree is not a qualification to preach. The uh, purity is required. Krishna consciousness is required. Knowledge of Shastra is required. Without these, no one can preach. One can preach without a university degree. Believe it or not. In India, people take university degrees very seriously for some reason or other. So if one happens to have one, then you could let other people know so that they may be more inclined to listen to what you have to say. But, uh, even if you don't, I mean, if you have the desire, the pure desire to give Christian conscience to others, and uh, you don't have a university degree, then still you can preach and people will be affected by that. So, The idea that I have to have a university degree so that I can preach. And so I have to pray to Krishna for a university degree so that I can preach. Where is this coming from? I don't find this coming from Guru Sadhu Shastra. There is one letter from Prabhupada about 1967 where he says that, well, everyone requires some education to preach. Of course, education doesn't only mean going to the school. Later, Srila Prabhupada took a very uh, dim view of the modern education system and he wanted our devotees, the children of our devotees, to be educated in the bhakti principles, not by karmas. So there is a case for 
university degrees having some utility in preaching in this country, more than in the Western countries. In the Western countries, people don't care that much whether, whether you have a degree or whatever. Maybe to some extent. Some people who have degrees think it's important. Among people who have degrees, they tend to respect others who have degrees, but most people don't care that much about them. I mean, cricket players are more respected in India than degree holders, right? You could pray to Krishna to make you a good cricket player, be good for preaching. Why not? If, if some, this, there's some cricket player from Hyderabad who gave some report that he reads Bhagavad Gita every day. His name is Lakshman, right? You told me this last time I was here. He's some star cricket player. I knew probably all know. So he reads Bhagavad Gita every day. So, Sri Dhammada Prabhu, you should practice cricket and become a good. There's some great Sri Lankan cricket player called Murli Dhammadan or something, is it? But I know, I have no interest in cricket, really. I must admit, in my youth, I, a lot of the time I wasted in my youth playing and watching soccer. But I have no interest in cricket and I still don't. But just living in this cricket mad atmosphere, I know the name of Sachin Tendulkar, Lakshman, Murli Dharan, uh, yeah, Kapila Dev was in the <laughs> last generation. Uh, I'm just trying to think of it. Saurabh Ganguly, Imran Khan. You see, I, I know all these names. I have no interest in cricket. I know all these names. So, Sri Dhammada Prabhu, to, to really get the preaching Sri Lanka together, you should practice cricket. And then you will become as good as Murli Dharan, and then maybe people will take some interest in Krishna practice. Jai Surya, he's the next one. He's the new Sri Lankan. Is that Murli Dharan? He's a Hindu, Tamil Hindu. Jai Surya, he's what? Buddhist? Okay. It's like in the Western countries, the devotees say, well, I'm going to become a rock star, then I'll become famous, and then people will listen, then, then, then we can preach. So I have all these devotees practicing, becoming rock stars. <laughs> so, yeah, it's true that some devotees who have some natural talent, they have like Sri Prahlad, does his reggae-style music at big festivals and people like it. Reggae. Uh, it's some, some variety, some traditional Caribbean music which is Jamaican. Is it specifically Jamaican? Which is uh, popular among some people in the West. A modern electrified form. Is it? Well, I'm not a local walking encyclopedia. <laughs> Give you a preventative So, uh, yeah, if you happen to have a degree, all right, you can use it for preaching. Or if you happen to be going to college already to get a degree, yeah, you can use it. Or, or, yeah. You can continue and get that. Or if you're attached to having the idea of a degree, then you can also get a degree. My personal observation is this, among our devotees in India, this whole idea about 
getting degrees is, it's, and in the West also, among certain degrees, just too much, like as if, you know, really you can preach if you have a degree. It's just too exaggerated. And they'd say, well, I'm, I'm studying, my, getting my degree is my devotional service to Krishna. Seems more like karma mishra bhakti to me. Then you have someone, something that you want to do personally for material motivation, and somehow or other you try to pretend that you're doing it only for Krishna. So, yeah, what is the rest of the question? What is the whole question? That's it. Studying Bhagavad Gita as it is in Srimad Bhagavatam is very helpful for preaching, definitely. Studying materialistic subjects in the association of materialistic people, if you can survive it, that's a, that's a credit. But otherwise what happens, this idea that, well, I'm doing, I'm doing my degree for Krishna, and then Everyone starts to think like that, and the whole movement becomes a karma mishra bhakti movement. The idea that if you're, you're somehow better because you have a university degree is not uh, coming from Rupa Goswami, Anya Vila, Shita, Sunya. So, uh, if, you, if you have a desire to have a university degree and be prestigious in human, you think you'll get some prestige in human society for doing that. And you want to do bhakti also. Well, you can do, but just admit that I have some material desires, that's all. Just don't try to pretend that it's pure devotional service. Ravana is a devotee of Lakshiva. Then why did not he, Lakshiva, that is devotee to become a devotee of his Lakshivas? Love. You will this love. It's love traditional. Well, Lord Shiva's specific job is to be, he's Bholanath, he's the lord of the fools. Bhutanath, the lord of the ghosts. He, he gives shelter to people at a very low level of consciousness. Generally such people are not ready to take up Krishna consciousness. When we say that Ravana was a devotee of Lord Shiva, we shouldn't think that he was a devotee in the same way that uh, Uddhava is a devotee of Krishna. The respect that Ravana... Yeah, cell phones off, please. The respect that Ravana has for Shiva is because he understood that Shiva is more powerful than himself. And Ravana wanted to get some material benefit from Shiva. It's a completely different relationship or, or attitude than that of the pure devotees toward Krishna. There were, I mean, Vibhishana and Mandodari, they didn't tell Ravana to worship Ram, but they told him to uh, they told him to give back Sita and respect Ram. But Ravana was a typical arrogant materialistic fool puffed up with the power that he had and didn't want to listen to anyone.
Bhuta Prabhu. Some maybe some of you have heard of me, his name Sadaputa. Maybe he 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 uh, wrote several books on various scientific topics so Sadaputa and Druta Karma Prabhu together wrote that hidden history of the human race. What's the uh, forbidden archaeology? There's a book this thick, full of deep research on archaeology, geology, evolutionary theory. And that book has been deeply researched and has, is having a, a tremendous effect on the scientific community. It's a paradigm-shifting work. Sadaputa Prabhu has unfortunately passed away now. If you met him or if you meet Dutta Karma Prabhu, they're not the type to say, well, you know, I've got this PhD and I met this professor. Not at all. They're very, in their attitude, they're very simple and humble devotees. And far more intelligent and uh, accomplished in academic work than most of our, I mean, very few of our devotees or very few people in the world have such academic accomplishments. But because they're devotees, it's not that they're showing off their academic and intellectual abilities. Definitely they'll talk about all these things if you bring the topics up. They understand it's, it's the service given to me by Krishna. If someone has got the mercy from Krishna to cook for Krishna, someone has got the mercy from Krishna to distribute Prabhupada's books, Someone has got the mercy from Krishna to clean the toilets in the ashram. And uh, they've been appointed or given that mercy to preach in that specific way. Never, never got the impression from them that they thought they were any better than anyone else because they were actually academically brilliant. And we can understand that's why Krishna gave them so much mercy. They can actually preach because they don't think... I am the doer. By my achievement, by my learning, I'm able to preach. One who desires material prestige, uh, they may get that from Krishna. They may be able to even attract many other people to chant Hare Krishna and cultivate desires for material prestige and they might think that I'm doing so much preaching. We have to see whether we're cultivating the creeper of pure devotional service or we're cultivating the creeper of material motivations in the mixed with devotional service. <coughs> no, he has no, yeah, that's a fact. Druta Kama Prabhu doesn't have any official degree from any yes, university. He's not a PhD from graduation. I see. Well, that doesn't come from much in the academic world. Yeah. Well, actually has had some degree, yeah, but in the, not in the field of archaeology, which was the field that of physics. Physics, and he did another one in mathematics. And he was very learned in many fields of science, which is unusual among scientists. And in many other fields, I mean, he was a polymath, which means he was learned in many, many areas. He's actually a very genius type of person. If you meet him, he's just like very, very simple in his whole album. Once in San Diego, he was preaching in the university, 
uh, to, to a group of students some formal presentation, and then a professor of physics walked in. And the professor objected and said, well, what you say has been refuted by this latest research, and this which you said is refuted by that latest research. Sadat Buddha came back right back and, say, and said that, yeah, but that research has been refuted by this research, and he, he, he speaking science, he cut down everything the professor said. And the professor said he had to go to the toilet. He'd be back in five minutes. It was a long five minutes. He didn't come back. So if you can actually preach like that, and you have the motive to preach, then take that knowledge with full conviction in Christian consciousness and preach, do it. But the idea that I'll get a degree, I'll study for four years just to get some letters after my name, so that people who are foolishly impressed by such things will be impressed by it, and that's all. Of course, preaching means going among fools. We can't preach unless we are divest of foolishness. On one side, we should be very intense in Krishna consciousness, and on the other hand, we should just be dependent on Krishna and detached. Everyone Please explain what should be our motive. Yeah, we should try very hard to do everything as well as possible for Krishna. At the same time, we have to know that we are not the doer and the result doesn't depend on us. What is stated that, well, we should be detached. We shouldn't be too detached. And rather we should know how to be detached. That is called yukta vairagya, or proper non-attachment. Just, I'll give one of many examples that uh, when Srila Prabhupada was in the very early days of Iskram, he was in that... Uh, 26 Second Avenue, which was just a, a tiny little storefront. That was Iskon. Okay. Um, but Srila Prabhupada was thinking big. He was thinking about contacting the United Nations, and the United Nations should sponsor Krishna consciousness and all this kind of thing. So, uh, one United Nations representative agreed to come to meet Srila Prabhupada at 26 Second Avenue to hear Prabhupada's proposals. And this is the very early days, even before anyone had learned to cook even, and first to learn to cook after Prabhupada was in Vedic style, was Kirtanam. So Srila Prabhupada is very tolerant, all the hippies would just wander in at any time and talk any nonsense, and Prabhupada just tolerated them, taking up his valuable time. So Prabhupada had one of these hippies who was regularly visiting him, and he told him, you keep a watch on my door, and don't let anyone come in, because I'm going to cook all morning. I don't want anyone disturbing me. So the United Nations man was coming, and Prabhupada wanted to cook a prasadam feast, and offer it to that man, and then speak with him. 
So Prabhupada was cooking and cooking and the time went past for the man to come. And uh, Prabhupada came out and asked that boy, that, well, did the man from the United Nations, did this man come? And he said, yeah, but I told him he couldn't come. <laughs> and Prabhupada said, well, didn't he tell you he had an appointment with me? And he, the hippie said, yeah, but I, you know, I told him he couldn't come. No one can disturb you. And Prabhupada knew that at that stage there was no chance of getting another. He wouldn't get a second chance like that. He became very angry with that hippie boy. You fool. I told no one could come because he was supposed to come. Prabhupada wasn't so detached that he thought, oh, okay, never mind. He was uh, given his heart, his energy, his soul for spreading the Krishna conscious movement. And everything mattered to Prabhupada. He just didn't think that, well, everything's okay, some kind of Mayavadi floating in some cloud of supposed detachment. Prabhupada was concerned with every single detail of how Krishna was served. One devotee told me, one godbrother of mine, he was posted as the guard outside Prabhupada's room in uh, the Prabhupada, in, in the Hyderabad farm, the Prabhupada was saying. And in the middle of the night, Prabhupada was doing his translation. And this devotee, Godrum, was chanting Japa outside. Prabhupada came outside. He thought Godrum's chanting was not up to the standard. So Prabhupada took time out from his translation work to sit down with Godrum and tell him, just chant like this. So Prabhupada was attached to seeing that Krishna was served properly. But at the same time, he understood if something's we can't we, we can't force, we can simply try. And ultimately everything is in Krishna's hands. Just like any of us, well, most of us at least, if we thought that, well, I want to, I want to preach like Sadhapudra and Drutakarma, probably. Well, maybe we could do to some extent by uh, studying their work, their, their written works and their life work and uh, how they conducted themselves and uh, preached using this material. But uh, most of us, you know, however hard we try, in this lifetime we're not going to have the same amount of intelligence. So one feature of spiritual intelligence is to understand our limits. Krishna can give ability more than we can imagine. But that's one aspect, and on the other side, we have to be realistic about our abilities also. If we think, I'm going to be the new Ramanujacharya, that's not possible. We should try to do as much as we can, and who knows how Krishna will reciprocate. better to pray to the pure devotees. We find that Dhruv Maharaj, when he was offered a benediction by Kuvera, um, he, Dhruva simply wanted pure devotion. So generally devotees, they don't have that much to do with demigods. 
if there's some major temple or demigod that we happen to be passing, we can also go in and offer prayers. We don't have any systematic relationship with any demigod. If we do go to the temple of a demigod, we can pray to them as great personalities, you please bless me, love Krishna. In their internal aspect, many of them are great devotees. Some, some of them. Shiva and Durga and uh, Kartikeya also is very popular here in Tamil Nadu. Madhvacharya recognizes him as a pure devotee who accompanies the Lord in every in the heart of every living being. They know Kartikeya, that means Durga, they know the Skanda, Kumar, so many Tamilans of the Sandhya, Shamugan. Yeah, Indra, for all his adventures, he is, after all, the uh, brother of Vamana So Vamana has affection for him, no doubt. So if we come across these demigods, we can certainly uh, ask them for pure devotion. But we are, we are better situated to get pure devotion from those whose only business is to give pure devotion, and that is the pure devotion of our charms. Even among the demigods who are pure devotees, their main function in the world is material and not devotional, not directly devotional. Once the devotee asks Srila Prabhupada, do you ever go to see the demigods? Prabhupada replied, why should I? Rather they will come to see me. It's just like the uh, king may have his ministers in his government. And he may also have his own intimate personal friend. So the intimate personal friend, if he wants anything, he doesn't go to the ministers. Other people may go to the ministers. But the ministers, they themselves, if they want a favor from the king, they will go to the friend of the king. And someone who knows the secret... If someone is very clever within the kingdom, if they want some favor from the king, they will approach his intimate friend rather than the minister. You can hear on the recording how Prabhupada answers. Why should I? It's like, almost like an insult. The question is almost like an insult. Why should I go to the villagers? How can a person identify the Krishna rules with all the intervals of Shri Prabhupada are equal in time? Maybe if someone finds them all equally inspiring. Not to everyone. I mean, personally, I find some of my god brothers more inspiring than others. Of course, the Guru is supposed to be more than just an inspiration, this idea. Inspires you, you know, whatever. It's not just inspiration, there's a lot more to it than just making you feel, ah! When I see that guru, I feel, ooh! One can understand by, in the beginning stage, principle of hearing. Be careful of inspiration. Be careful of inspiration. Inspiration. So many people get inspired for so many things. So merely to feel—I mean, merely to feel inspired. And what comes after that? You have to see. Where is the 
in, in the long term, how you're going to be steady and progress in Christian consciousness. If you're just looking to a guru for inspiration, then you're probably not ready to have a guru anyway. Guru means heavy, substantial. This idea that you just get some inspiration, this is lagu or light. If that's all you think a guru is for, then you're not... Just go and read Prabhupada's books carefully. Listen to his lectures. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that the body should chant Mahan by move that's more humble than the grass and more tolerant than tree. How to understand this statement? I guess it's pretty hard to understand as long as we're not more humble than a blade of grass and not more tolerant than a tree. It's very difficult to imagine even being like that. I mean, but we can study the life of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his pure devotees, his associates. In our, in this modern age, we've seen Srila Prabhupada, Anacharya, which means that he perfectly showed how to live according to the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Yesterday we read from the lecture of Srila Prabhupada, in which Srila Prabhupada stated, I have no personal qualification. And you can see the film of Srila Prabhupada saying, sometimes devotees of sorts, they say, oh, I'm the most unqualified, I have no qualification. So they make a big thing of it, like, you know, everybody, I want you to know I have no qualification. I'm just expressing my... Um, I want everyone to know how humble I am. But you can see, Prabhupada, when he says this, in the most matter-of-fact way. As if, you know, it's just something that everyone knows and can understand. I have no personal qualifications. It wasn't he was just saying... He wasn't saying it to impress others. He wasn't saying it as a kind of sadhana to try to convince himself. We may sometimes do that. Actually, I'm thinking, I'm so qualified, but we say, I have no qualification... We say that just to remind ourselves of the actual fact that we have no qualification. So from this example of Srila Prabhupada's humility, we can understand that one is actually humble when he doesn't think about being humble. He's just actually humble. Sometimes devotees ask me that, well, how can I get rid of pride? And my standard answer is to ask them a question in reply. I ask them, what are you proud about? And whatever it might be, there's nothing to be proud about. It's just ridiculous. And more tolerant than a tree? Yes, should have proud what, what tolerance he had. To, to, he went through so many, so many difficulties to push on this special consciousness movement. So we can study Srila Prabhupada's example and uh, pray to follow in his footsteps. As far as understanding this, uh, it's not understandable by any amount of university degrees. You, you can get a university degree or a Bhakti Shastri degree, but 
that in and of itself, even the Bhakti Shastra degree in and of itself, will not help us to understand what it means to be Trinad Api Sunich Bhavayukta, or in the mood of, of considering oneself lower than grass. Sunich means a lot lower, actually, a lot lower than grass. Not just lower, but significantly lower. Well, it's a good question. At least we can discuss it. And by discussing it, we can uh, make some progress toward that. At least we can think about becoming more humble than a blade of grass. There are many such questions. How can we be sincere? How can we be determined? And so on. Uh, the generic answer to all of these questions is to go on with the process of bhakti sadhana. By following the process of devotional service, then we become devotees. And by being devotees, then, yeah, then automat- that means that automatically the uh, qualities of devotees manifest in us. This one verse in Chaitanya is that Sarva Shadgun Sarva Shadgun Bhakti Adhikari Shakale Look up this S-A-K-A-L asterisk then S-A-N-C-A-R asterisk in Chaitanya Chaitanya Sarva Mahashadgun Bhakta Sharire something. Anyway, in Chaitanya Charitamrita it's stated that all great qualities automatically manifest in the person of a, of a Vaishnava. Then look up this uh, Kripalo is one word. Then Akrita Kripalo Akrita Droha just Kripalu Akrita. Okay. And okay, what's the verse before that? Hmm? Huh? Uh, I, I, have, I should have it in front of me. It's, it's around there. Anyway, I don't remember. You should set up a system by where you can... I can give one or two words and you can find the verse. Because many times I kind of half know a verse. Like that. It's good to have the actual verse. What's that? What's that? You got it? The look before that. Happy Chetsu Dharajara? No. What's the verse before that? A look before that? Ah, that's it. Sarva Mahaguna, Vaishnavas. Ah, that's it, that's it. Tell, tell it to me. Sarva Maha, Sarva Mahaguna, Gana, Vaishnava Shariri, Krishna Bhakti, Ah, that's it. Show me. Asharva Mahaguna Gona Vaishnava Shariri 
कृष्ण भक्ते कृष्ण गुण सकले संसार within the person of a vaishnav all the qualities of krishna all the transcendental qualities of krishna are manifested sarva mahaguna gana vaishnava sharire krishna bhakte krishna bhakte krishna gun shakali sanchar so we can see in the persons of the devotees all the great qualities that are originally in krishna We should have got that from Shaka. Sakal asterisk Sanchar asterisk. I wonder why you didn't get that. Yeah, I'll show you after. So uh, the process of devotional service is purified. If we hear and chant about Krishna in the association of devotees, then we become purified, which means that we become from, free from material contamination. And all the transcendental qualities of the soul, which are natural, they become manifest. So go on with devotional service. But that means we have to hear and chant about Krishna in the association of devotees. This idea that, well, I've been initiated for 20 years, therefore I must automatically be advanced, that's not correct. One has to actually apply oneself to the process. Also remind me, you, 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 somewhere you brought up that thing about Akama, Sarva, Akama, what people say about that. Remind me about that. Because someone brought that up to Prabhupada once and he replied to that. Yeah. Can a non-initiated devotee keep and worship deities at his soul? Well, it's never... It's, according to Shastra, no. According to tradition, no. Srila Prabhupada said that Gornitai deities could be given even to non-devotees and they could keep them in their home. That is not exactly deity worship. That is not the process of archa. And the idea was that then as they uh, develop some attraction to Gornitai, they have to get uh, trained by devotees how to actually worship them. These questions come again and again and again. In the case of Vindavindavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadavadav
And the devotees, the temple should also be, the property should be owned by Iskon, not a rented property. And there should be a full standard, six artists, seven offerings, daily dressing. For preaching centers, Prabhupada, that were not up to that standard, Prabhupada had that the uh, picture of the Panchatattva and the picture of Srila Prabhupada. Prabhupada called this the Guru Goranga altar. That was Prabhupada's standard. Prabhupada wanted to show the highest standard of deity worship. Yeah, anything else? In the Western countries, most of the people have become devoted by reading Shri Prabhupada's books. In India, people don't have reading habits. Many people have Shri Prabhupada's books, but they are not reading. I heard in India many people become devotees by different preaching programs than by distribution. Is it true? Well, I don't know if a survey has been made. We could do something now. How many of you became a devotee by reading Prabhupada's books? How many of you became a devotee by other means? How many of you became a devotee? None of you read Prabhupada's books. If you think you're a devotee, then you didn't make it yet. We may be introduced by various methods, but to actually take the devotional service, we have to study Prabhupada's books. Or if we are illiterate, or if we hate reading books, even Prabhupada's books, then we should at least be under the guidance of the devotees who are well situated in Krishna consciousness. Srila Prabhupada's program for pushing book distribution was not only for the West, it was very definitely for India also. Uh, yeah, and Srila Prabhupada, after establishing a few centers in India, he said, no need to establish more centers, just distribute books. And we see that there are increasingly, in India, areas where there is no established Iskand temple, but there are many devotees. Srila Prabhupada also said that the uh, diorama exhibitions, they're as good as his books. And he also said that the dramas are better than his books. That dramas of Shastra themes and not just some made up thing. Of course, uh, with a drama, you only get one drama at a time. I mean, you, if you have the books, you have them, they're accessible all the time, whereas dramas are not. Of course, nowadays you can have uh, recordings of dramas as, as uh, videos. What are they called? Videos, is it called? Yeah. Although it's not the same atmosphere as being personally present in a live drama. Anyway, there's no doubt that Prabhupada very much stressed the distribution of his books. And other books, they may also be effective in spreading Krishna consciousness. Prabhupada wanted his disciples also to, to produce books. He had, uh, through Dhamadha Maharaj, right, the scientific basis of Krishna consciousness, and Prabhupada had that printed for mass distribution, and often spoke about it uh, so to, to uh, professors and others who came to visit him. He spoke about that book. 
Ramanandri, Hare Krishna, thank you very much and hope to see you all a little later this afternoon. Hare Krishna.